right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, before we get rolling here on a bunch of hypothetical golf scenarios, hypothetical careers, a bunch of weird stuff we've dreamed up, uh, there's more explanation here and when we open up the podcast as to what we're actually doing in this episode. But you might be stuck at home wondering about hypotheticals for your own game. Uh, for example, what if in, you know, you're staying home to protect yourself and those around you, but what if right now is the best time to buy a new driver or a set of irons? What if you had an upcoming golf trip to a location where you might need to tweak your wedge setup to adjust the local the uh, local conditions to help you indulge in your golf equipment fantasies Callaway Golf has a series of online selector tools that let you so basically it takes information about your game and gives you recommendations throughout your bag on what to use so you hear us talk about all the Maverick stuff the Sub-Zero head the regular head the Max and maybe you don't know what is the best fit for you so that asks you a bunch of questions and it helps identify clubs fits grinds all this stuff that is the best fit for you. It works for driver, it works for sets of irons, all the way down to the wedges. So uh, they're great to make sure once golf season starts up again, whenever that might be, that you have the tools to play your best golf. So please head to callawaygolf.com slash custom fitting to build the hypothetical or maybe even actual golf bag that's right for you. That's callawaygolf.com slash custom fitting. I can't emphasize enough how important this is, this is in the process of getting new equipment and how much it can uh, affect your playing, uh, all of your scoring from uh, from driver all the way down to putter. So without any further delay, let's get to our pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, Solly here. We have uh, full force, all five here in the kill house, uh, ready to, we're, we're plowing through our co-vision board uh, of ideas for the podcast for uh, this weird period where there's no professional golf. Uh, across the table and the guy that's going to steer the show for us here, Mr. Neil Schuster. Professor Icarito, back with you. Happy to be here. Happy to have all five of us, um, I'd say, carefully distanced here in the podcast studio. That's very, very fair to say. TC is here this morning. Hello. I'm a little bit worried about our continuity of of operations should something happen to the kill house here with all five of us being in the same room. Well, uh, I don't think anyone's has any redundancy in their business right now, so... Uh, I'd say we're just as guilty as the next uh, small shop out there. The CFO at the head of the table, Mr. Big Randy. Hey, guys. I've been pouring through the new stimulus bill, trying to figure out, you know, if we qualify for the small business loans, I will, uh, I'll have an answer for you guys when I have one. So Appreciate you just, looking out for us. Just know that I'm on it. Yeah. Thanks to you, we don't, we don't need them loans. <laughs> well, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Today. Listen, right, not right now. <laughs> and Mr. DJ Pai. Hey, greetings, guys. Glad to be here. Um, so I, I guess I should probably intro what we're doing today. Um, I believe today's the title of today's podcast is going to be uh, What If Guys? What If Guys of Golf? Uh, Neil, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, uh, what we're thinking here? Yeah, we're going to try to put together a list of the top 10 What If Almost guys, guys that just couldn't quite uh, break through. And it's a very loose definition. So I think we're all bringing, we all separated uh, last week when we came up with the idea. I was going to say, one of my guys definitely broke through, but it's still a great what-if guy. Yeah, so everyone's so got a different exactly. definition. So if you can, you can, everybody's bringing three guys, and you need to, you know, pitch the group, right? Just kind of on, on your idea um, on why they are, why they should be a top 10 what-if guy. Uh, so we're going to go around. Top we'll do five. One, top five. Whatever. We're doing top five or top 10? 
This is important. That's how we're going to end the podcast. We're going to whittle it down, right? I well, yeah. So we have each have three sets of fifteen. So I thought I've, we literally just talked about this before we <laughs> before we fired yeah. it up. Well, I had it. Sorry, I had it in my notes as top ten, but I agree. I think top five is probably better. I think it sparks more debate. It does. It, so embrace debate, it. Randy. Hashtag embrace debate. All right, so we'll go top five. Everybody cool with that? I love that. TC, totally cool. Okay. Are so, you looking for a rubber stamp? I'll give you a rubber stamp, Neil. I'm cool with it. All right, good. Thanks. Are you a notary yet? Are you a notary public yet? No. That'd be a cool thing to work on though during the uh, yeah the quarantine. I'd trust your stamp, Randy. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're gonna go one guy. Well, I, per I round. think just kind of one thing I was gonna say about it is in going through trying to find guys and and seeing you know when you look look at old highlights of any of any event, you see how thin the margins are in some tournaments and how golf history can change on just a shot or two. Uh, at least that's the approach I took at it. Um, I think we all could have different definitions of what of what if. You know, what are what-if moments, but it really does, a lot of things can change with just the the rubbest of the rub of the green. I think that's a much better definition than what I picked. I'm, I'm more excited to hear your guys than I am to share my guys, I think. <laughs> Rubbiest. Yes. DJ's turning into the art class guy. Rubbiest. He, he <laughs> no, not necessarily. Picture and he goes, guys, mine stinks. No, 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 no. Oh, I, yours I, is awesome. Mine stinks. No, no, no. That's, I appreciate just, that. I appreciate that, but that's not what I'm doing. early for compliments. No, I on. would like to kick it off, though, with, with the big guy, the CFO. I want to hear him go first, and then we'll go TC, myself, Solly, DJ. And then we DJ can... goes last because his is worst. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Thank you. Before we start. I can just bounce if you guys don't need me here. It's okay. <laughs> Randy, condolences. I know it's baseball opening day. Today is opening day. I have uh, my Joey Votto for Prime Minister shirt on. Um, you think Joey Votto's got a t-shirt of you on right now? That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> I tell you what, that'd be pretty sick. Why don't you look up to yourself, Randy? Uh, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to celebrate my own way today. Uh, <laughs> The Reds are having a hashtag Reds opening day inside or something. Uh, might rewatch last year's opening day, but thank you, TC. Um, I appreciate the, the sentiment. My first guy with the first pick. <laughs> so for In the li- what if draft for for listeners' sake, uh, my individual criteria. I wanted to pick one guy from each of the last three decades. So I have a guy from the 2010s, the 2000s, and the 90s. Um, for my first guy, we're gonna start in the middle. We're going to start from the decade of the 2000s, okay? This gentleman has three career PGA Tour wins plus a Euro Tour I like this style. Win. You have to try to guess. Uh, he lost in a playoff at the 2004 PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. He was in a three-way playoff there. Started the final round five shots back of Vijay Singh. He was the only guy in the last nine groups on that Sunday to shoot under par. He missed an 18-foot birdie putt for what would have been the win at that 2004 PGA Championship, and then he lost in a three-hole playoff by a stroke. This man is Florida Gator Chris DeMarco. Sure. <laughs> that's that's a that's, good one. But that's not the what if, all right? That's, that's the pretext. I want to take you to the 2005 Masters. As you'll remember, the weather was chaotic that week. It pushed not only the, the Friday. I, I believe it affected every the first three rounds. Uh, Thursday finished Friday, Friday finished Saturday, and Saturday finished Sunday morning. Chris DeMarco was 13 under par going into Sunday morning. Uh, he had just shot a front nine 33. He was four shots up and on Tiger at the time. All the momentum in the world. Play gets suspended due to darkness. They come out Sunday morning first thing. Tiger shoots a back nine, uh, 34. 
DeMarco shoots a 41. Tough scene. So now we're what going if, into What the if final. he hadn't done that? Oh, right. Well, a little what if there is. What if the weather's good, right? And, yeah. and his momentum doesn't get broken. Uh, so we're heading into the final round. Tiger has now flipped it. He's three shots up. They go back and forth. They're in the final group together. They end up, we all know they end up going to a playoff. But, but let's go over everything that happens down the stretch in that final round. 2005 was, of course, the Tiger chip in on 16. Of course. Um, the simulated Nike commercial, exactly. Right, basically, I mean, no, no stronger proof that we're living in the Matrix. What, than what, that, can I get some moment. conspiracy music? <laughs> Thank you. What are the odds that chip falls? Right? Like literally, literally what do you think the odds are? <laughs> <laughs> like less than one percent. Yeah, oh, one it's in the, like five. The amount of germs that are left over after you use Purell. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Give him, <laughs> give him a bag of hundred balls. What he makes. Three of them? Like maybe probably I'd, one. I'd one. say one. I would say one. And then to make it like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Tiger then does something he never does. He follows up that historic moment and he bogeys 17. Stinky. I thought, I, I thought you were going to say he does something he never does. He follows up that historic moment with a botched high five. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that, that too. Um, we could have a lot of fun with that. I thought you were going to say he properly tipped somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger, if you're listening, I did not say that. Yeah, um, the restaurants get more business because he's there. That's, that's the whole thing. And then he compounds it, something he never does. He bogeys 18. Oh, my gosh. So he's, he's Surely had this miraculous DeMarco chip in. He's up two shots, and then he promptly gives it back 17 and 18. This is the height, Cat. This is the height of Tiger. If you'll remember, Chris DeMarco on the 18th hole, uh, his shot comes up short. It rolls off the front of the green. He's left with a chip shot. That chip, it misses the flag stick by an inch. And I think an inch to the left, his left, uh, it hits that flag stick flush. It drops in the cup. Chris DeMarco wins the Masters with a walk-off on the 72nd hole. As is, he misses. They go to a playoff. Tiger makes his... uh, I don't know, uh, 10, 15-footer for birdie on the first playoff hole, number 18. And he wins the 2005 Masters. The legend of Tiger is intact, right? Um, Everything about Tiger Mania stays intact. And so I think uh, had Chris DeMarco won that Masters, how, how much of the invincibility of Tiger goes away in that moment and then how does that change the next five years? Uh, does it speed up Tiger's off-course issues? Mm. Does it... It basically fast-forwards the Y.E. Yang. It, it makes Y.E. Yang a lot less important. Yeah. And then the only thing I want to add on, on Chris DeMarco specifically, uh, he, I mean, he ends up, he finishes runner-up at the 2006 British Open. The guy finished runner-up in three majors in a three-year span. Thrice. To the cat. This was cat in 2006 as well at Hoy Lake. Correct. Correct. Thrice a bridesmaid. So this was one of my potential nominees as well. So my my only thing to add, big guy, is after the 2005 Masters, Chris DeMarco never played another weekend at Augusta. Yeah. That was it. That was your shot, bud. Whoa. That was your shot. So uh, it's it's a twofold what if. One, obviously that makes Chris DeMarco forever – known as like the tiger killer right it puts him in such an exclusive club in in golf as a major champion and then two 
just this alternate potential history with Tiger and how his whole legend and his whole career arc on and off the course gets changed if he loses that 2005 Masters. One thing, I, and I, I know there's a butterfly effect to some of these things, and it, it doesn't necessarily play out this way, but I, I love to do, like, if Tiger Woods never existed, what would have happened? And if that's the case for Chris DeMarco, even ignoring the 0-4 playoff that he lost, two-time major winners that I found, Johnny Miller, Curtis Strange, Greg Norman, Bernhard Longer. He's on that list without Tiger Woods being born. Big Randy, one. I also say he's got to be close to your heart as a, a claw putter. Yeah. Right, one of the first, one of, one, the, one of the like inventors, maybe the inventor of the claw. Which yeah. I, you know, I remember watching that match and be like, "What? What What's is he doing? doing? <laughs> I thought, I thought, how is he doing that? I thought Jim Carrey's character in Liar Liar was the inventor of the claw. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, Randy, that's a great, that's a great opener. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, Randy. Yeah, you took it. You took it a, a direction. You did not disappoint. Yeah. You set the bar way too high, yeah, my man. For sure. I think it's interesting. This makes DJs look even worse. Yeah, oh my god. god. Oh, mine sucks. With Demarco <laughs> too. He he finished. So his, his debut in the Masters. Oh one. T ten. O two. T twelve. Withdrew in O three, and then T six and O four. And then never played again. At, never made the weekend and, again. And it should be mentioned, he battled injuries. That was part of, uh, you know, getting into 2007, um, he His body started betraying him, I think, his shoulders specifically. But how old was he uh, during that, kind of his prime, right? 04, 05, 06? Probably like mid 30s, late 30s. Yeah, it seems like he was kind of on the older side. Yeah. Solo second in the match play championship and the Bridgestone Invitational in 05 as well. Guy was, I don't know where he made it in the world rankings, but he was up there. Yeah. He was a killer. How do you do on the, Maybe a dog. how's he done well, on the I would say a dog. No, I would say decidedly not a killer. Okay. <laughs> he's well, a he's not really playing because of the injuries. and So he's never had a post-PGA you, you gotta career. You got to maybe he. Uh, Golf channel. Yeah. Golf channel. If he wins that major, maybe he's too big for morning drive. There you go. So G- guess who he finished runner-up to at Firestone? The cat. The cat. The cat. So that's what I was going to say about the, uh, I, I completely agree, Randy, with your, you know, he becomes known as the Tiger Killer because, you know, it's his first one. Tiger loses a lead, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if you're if you're the cat and some and people even say that about like Y.E. Yang. Like, oh, he just he's the Tiger Killer. It's like, bitch, I've beat you guys like 14 times, man. I'm literally the jackal. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Like, you you beat me once, man. But like, come on, Tiger Killer. Like I've won 14 of these. 15. Now, well, now 15. At that time, 14. But if he doesn't win 2005, man. I know. Who knows? God, that's a great opener. Yeah. DeMarco made it to six in the world. A quick break in the action here to ask a, well, we can all agree is a very, very important question, and that is what's the one item in your bag that you are going to use the most during a round? You might think it's your putter. You might think it's maybe a wood or your favorite iron or a wedge of some kind, uh, but you are wrong. The real answer is your rangefinder. So all golfers, you need a rangefinder that you can trust to know the precise distance to your target for nearly every shot. That can be whether you're on the tee box and you want to gun a bunker, or if you're in the fairway, what I'm making sure I'm doing these days is uh, not only gunning the flag, but gunning whatever cover it is on a bunker that I'm making sure I'm carrying at the green to let me know how much distance I have between the bunker and the pin. So the entire No Laying Up team, all the way from the C-suite to the Strat Boys, we all carry Precision Pro Golf Range Finders. It's a perfect combination of performance and price. Uh, For a limited time, only listeners of the podcast can receive an extra $20 off Precision Pro Golf Range Finders using the coupon code NOLAYINGUP 
at checkout. So Precision Pro Golf, the only rangefinder that offers free battery replacement services. So you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're getting actually a lifetime service. No other rangefinder that I know of uh, is offering up anything similar to that. So go to precisionprogolf.com, use coupon code no laying up at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Let's get back to the pod. All right, TC, let's move it along here. Great stuff. Who you got? I have another three-time PGA Tour winner. I like the slow unveiling. What era? You know what? It it depends. Okay. Because he was really successful in the 2000s. He transcended eras. Exactly. He did. But, you know, he made his PGA Tour debut in – or his pro debut in 72. Okay. <laughs> Jim Thorpe. Oh, Thorpey, the torpedo. Yeah. So, can you can you set the table with the what's your main what if thesis? What if what? What if Jim Thorpe paid his taxes? <laughs> that was that was an alley oop. That's what I was hoping you were going for there. From O two to O four. Okay. Um, Thorpe going back to the mid eighties. Thorpe uh, Thorpe won the Greater Milwaukee Open. Beat Jack Nicklaus in that one. Won the Tucson Match Play Championship two years in a row, back-to-back, 85 and 86. Uh, so, you know, moderately successful PGA Tour career. I think that cements his status as a true dog winning match, sure. exactly. match play two years. Well, I think right. growing up at, at Forest Park, the, right. uh, the, the golf Thor- course in Baltimore where we filmed the draft, I think that's a, that's a dog breeding ground there. Yes. There's, he you got to be a dog that's, to that's play a, good around there. That's an underground pit bull ring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, one of 12 kids. The ninth of twelve children. Whoa! I, didn't uh, for, I thought there were just two. I thought there was just two as well. <laughs> really? for, for a superintendent, um, up in North Car- in Roxboro, North Carolina. Does it mention Forest Park in Baltimore on the Wikipedia page? It doesn't. I know he did. I know he went to Morgan State, which is a, up in Baltimore. Okay. Oh, that could be. Okay. That maybe it was in college. I kind of just assumed yeah. he grew up yeah, there. But I did too. This is good. Um, this is good new info. But you know, we're not. We're not talking. We're not here to talk yeah. about his PGA Tour career. <laughs> we're here to talk about his, his, his interview PGA with Tour Rich Champions career. All right. Um, he won his first PGA Tour Champions event in 2000 uh, at the age of. Let's see here. Probably 50. The age of 50. Um, <laughs> listen. Uh, actually, no. He was 51. I'm so. In you my know, you stand corrected. The Transamerica, he won by three strokes. He won once more in 2000. He won twice in 2001. Um, one of those was the Kroger Senior Classic. Randy, that was that was played in Mason, Ohio, at TPC Rivers Bend, up in your neck of the woods there. And then, you know, 02, he really starts his his dominance, wins the countrywide tradition, which was which is of course a major. <laughs> I don't have to tell you guys. Yeah, is that the one in Alabama? Yes. Uh, 03, he wins the Charles Schwab Cup Championship. Schwab. And then <laughs> wins a few more events. He wins like another handful of events, 03, 04, 05, and then 06 and 07. He goes back-to-back winning the Charles Schwab Cup Championship, which I'm not sure what it was called at the time, but it was not the Charles Schwab <laughs> Cup Championship. Approaching Amansky levels. Sure. But not the Amansky. Two-thirds of the way there. Two-thirds of the way there. Really, though, about 10%. So really – Because the third title was the hardest. Yeah. So, so anyone who c- – can help me out here. I, I don't know how the Charles Schwab Cup Championship works financially, but is it like the FedEx Cup? You have to pay taxes. Well, I know. Yeah, That's so what I'm saying. Is, Do you just get a big influx of cash? Is it like a retirement thing? Is I it, don't think he won. This was he didn't like, win the series. This is like pre- Got it. Okay, okay, okay. All that. So. I was going to try to give him an out. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's confusing when, you know, maybe it was an annuity versus cash kind of thing. 
Yeah. I mean, the fact that he won the season-ending event three times, I think he got, uh, let's see here. I, I kind of more want to know more about the tax thing. Like, did... well, so so that so that's what I'm getting at. Basically, <laughs> I'm glad his, you asked. his biggest, you know, his his biggest years here, he ends up not paying taxes from I guess O two to O four. Did not... he just like forget or just like purpose? There was there was there was a a Golf Channel piece where Rich Lerner interviews him. Um, it's up there. Uh, sorry, I think they've it's since up there pulled with, it down with me, with Pipe Dream for me as like. Favorite golf channel moments of all time. It's up he, there with the Matt Every uh, Kelly Tillman yeah. interview at Sony. He must it's, say, it's so Rich, you, you know, Rich, Rich, listen, Rich, listen, Rich uh, you know, mistakes, I made some mistakes. Like basically, he said it, his, he said his accountant just like, he was like, yo, he told me I didn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> uh, you know, I made some seems mistakes. Unlikely. So yeah, $1.6 million in taxes between 02 and 04. Pled guilty in 09. Uh, was sentenced January 22nd, 2010 to a year in prison. I know he was at some sort of work camp up in the Florida Panhandle for a bit. And really, you know, played well up until kind of, you know, 06, 07, obviously won those back-to-back Charles Schwab Cup championships. And so you, you think how how much that must have been weighing on him in 07, 08. You know, maybe he goes back-to-back-to-back yeah. if this if this isn't weighing on him so and then you know since he's gotten out of prison uh his career's never been the same since sure. he got out of prison and hard to hit balls well, i don't think he's probably. he's been the healthiest guy either yeah which has led to uh he's good friends with the armor boys tom ta3 ta4 and and ta4 told me he's you know he's like the guy's been living fast for a long time so i think that caught up to him listen neil you don't you don't win <laughs> Back to back Charles Schwab Cup championships at the age of you know fifty seven, fifty eight, you know without being a fucking dog. That's, yes, that's true. Uh, but I will say I listened to a, a Freakonomics podcast recently on taxes, and they had a guy on there, a tax expert. He said that everybody, like if you work for a company, you know that like ninety eight percent of people pay their taxes because they withhold it, right? But like independent contractors, it drops to like the government estimates like sixty percent of people like you know, kind of, but like great, there's a lot of gray area. So that's where they like do the audits. The problem is, and I think he says this on this podcast, like if you're, if you're getting your money from a place that like can be tracked easily, yeah. like in the news, <laughs> like winning it's golf published, tournaments. It's like published you, on a website. Yeah, how much like, money it's you like, made? yeah, man, it's really not hard to follow that kind of money, right? Like, <laughs> early, so it's like, why didn't you didn't early try to literally just lining up two columns? Yeah, like you didn't yeah, publish no, in match. the newspaper. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't try to pay like some of the taxes. Like, I don't, that's what I want to know. Was there any tax? Did he pay any taxes? Uh, $1.6 million in back taxes would suggest that he did not pay <laughs> any taxes. That is yeah, good stuff. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm up. Yes. Sure. All right. My um, nomination for the for the top five what-if guys. La- last thing there. Hold on. Last thing there. Mackenzie Hughes shot 66-66 on <laughs> the weekend. Bernhard Longer wins his, like, basically, he's the money leader on the Champions Tour for the first time in 08, and then wins, you know, like, Seven or eight of the next ten. Longer after probably, that, he kind of staged like a hostile takeover because, of the Champions Tour you know, after Thorpe, Thorpe went to jail. Thorpe vacated being the alpha out there, and Longer came in well, and filled the vacuum. Well, it looks like vacuum. looking at TC's notes here, it's Tom Lehman and Scott McCarron. Other than that, it's it's Bernhard Longer yeah. since yeah. 2008. Yeah, it was basically ha- Jay Haas and uh, Jay Haas and you know 
Jim Thorpe as the sheriffs in town in 07. Okay. Thank Sorry. you, TC. There you go. Um, so this, 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 this nomination, kind of this, cop, this, yeah. uh, this guy, is uh, he's from the uh, career spans two decades. Uh, he was kind of the catalyst for me of, of wanting to do this podcast. Um, he's a guy that's made over $32 million in his career. He has 14 career PGA Tour victories spanning from 1991 to 2009. Can I guess? You can. Sure. Is it Stuart Sink? No, it's not. Ooh. Good guess, though. That is a good guess. And this, this guy's more of a what-if because of something Stuart Sink has that he does not. Uh, his best results, he was uh, T2 at Augusta in 2009, lost in a playoff, would have been the oldest Masters champion. Kenny Perry. Mm. He, and the reason he's the almost guy for me is because he's throughout his career, he's almost found a hat. <laughs> that fits his head. Not quite. He was not able to to get over the hump there. Uh, but would you say what Stuart Sink has that he doesn't is male pattern baldness? <laughs> well, I would say that and a, and a major. Oh, oh, okay. So that Masters, where he so he's just to to dive in there, had the fifty four hole lead. He was two up with two to play. He bogeys seventeen. He bogeys eighteen. Playoff consisted of Chad Campbell and Angel Cabrera, maybe the ultimate killer, maybe the ultimate dog ant killer. Campbell's eliminated on the first playoff hole, I believe, and then Cabrera uh, pars 11, or pars 10, and uh, Perry bogeys game over. Brutal. It's a brutal rewatch. Tough but he, he has a interview at the end that's, you know, I mean, what a stand-up individual. Class act. Uh, class act. But, it, but, but this followed through his whole career. So he tried to qualify in 19... Uh, let's see, 1981 or 82, he, he goes pro. He misses Q school by one stroke on the first, first go-around. On the second go-around, uh, his wife, Sandy, goes into labor during the fourth round of Q school, and he has to uh, withdraw. So on his third attempt in 1985, he's backed by a local businessman from Franklin, Kentucky, which, where he's from, and uh, a Lipscomb University graduate who gave him 5K. Instead of saying, I'll pay you back the 5K, he's like, this is my last shot at it. If I make it, like, I just, I want to give you a percentage of my earnings because I don't know if I'll be able to pay the 5K back or whatever. So they, they settle on 5% of career earnings. Whoa. Made $32 million. <laughs> <laughs> he's honored that agreement, and he now has a uh, Lipscomb University scholarship that he funds. How about that? With that, with that money. That's cool. Wow. Um, 14 pre career play, uh, PGA Tour victories. Do you guys have any ideas on which tournaments he's won? Colonial. He won Colonial. Memorial. Colonial twice. Memorial three times. God, he was such he a Memorial three times. Ninety-one, two thousand three, and two thousand eight. Did he, he nab so the John Deere? Good for a while. Yes, there. he did the John Deere Classic. So he, he does have a major, I guess, in a way. Yeah. In two thousand eight, uh, the Travelers in two thousand nine, Bay Hill in two thousand five. He he's kind of the ultimate invitational guy, like Colonial and, like and the Memorial. Cat. Yeah, I mean, he he kind of beat beat up the Invitational circuit. Um, played on the 04-08 Ryder Cup teams. Pretty good record, it looked like. He he was a, a contributing member of both 08 teams. 08 in, in his home state. That's exactly right, at, at Valhalla. Do you know what I always remember about Kenny Perry? Is uh, he would choose to skip the British Open because he always God, felt was... like he had a better chance to uh, to win the Interesting off, you bring that up. off event. So the reason he's lenses. really on my list, other than the, the ill-fitting hat issue, is the fact that he's... Had tied second at his best major finishes, uh, T2 at Augusta, 
second at the 96 PGA, lost a one-shot lead, bogeyed the 72nd hole, and lost in a playoff, first playoff hole to Mark Brooks. Uh, and I believe that was at Valhalla in his home state as it well. Was. So that's that's brutal. T3 at the 03 U.S. Open. Uh, and T8 at the 03 Open Championship. So he did play in the British Open, but I guess he just started to— Probably hit a point in his career. Yeah, right? he just said, I'm not, I'm not traveling anymore. His PGA Tour playoff record is 3-3. Three and three. He has 10 Champions Tour wins, including four senior major championships, and was the 2013 Schwab Cup champion. Uh, but I look at this career, $32 million, 14 career wins, two Ryder Cup appearances. If he has a major, if he wins at Augusta and is the oldest— Masters champion at, I think, at 48 years old, how old he was at the time. I think this puts him in a, clearly in a different, you know, echelon of player. Um, and you talk about him differently. I don't know. I, I wanted to spark a discussion with you guys. Like, what, if he wins that major, one of those majors, at either the PGA or probably the Masters, like, what? Who's a good comp? Who's a good comp? Exactly. Almost that like would, that would give or him, something, right? Yeah, that Derek, love. yes. Davis Love's a good one. That would give him 15. That would be 15. Yeah. And a major in that, like, exactly like Fred Couples and, yeah, Jim yeah. Furyk. It would make him a Hall of Famer, I believe. Yeah. So I think that kind of – to me, it's just like, oh, it's so brutal. And, to, and both both majors, he, he gassed it. And he says in his interview at, at Augusta, he's like, I have an issue. He said he scolded two chips on 17 and 18, where he said my hands get – when I have the, the uh, when I have the 60 degree in my hands uh, – or no, he said when I have the 60 degree, I'm all right, but when I have the – 54, like any of the other clubs, my hands, I, I, you know, I get basically twitchy. And I, I you know, I under under the gun, it, it, it's a factor. And I was nervous, and I played great all day until those two shots. Uh, and then he, yeah, he just, he's like 18, I hit a drive, thought it was right down the middle of the fairway, leaks into the bunker, and then he leaves on the short side on 18 and can't get up and down. Man. I think what's well, great, Randy, you just mentioned kind of offhand there that, like, yeah, if he wins that major, maybe he's literally a Hall of Famer. Yeah the five of us all we do is like talk and think about golf and i haven't i never think about kenny perry yeah it's crazy how different that could be to me he's always been an example of a dude like a game that i've never he plays the game in a way i can't he used to pour in birdies like i always felt like if he was in a tournament i was watching it would just be like cutting it was like the classic man these guys make everything it was just like kenny perry is well, he was also hitting it mega close yeah, yeah but he's just pouring in like 10 Same 12 15 player. foot birdie putts you know when he's when he's on, and uh, it kind of makes like it look five like, or six times in one of those seasons, like oh seven or something. He had like he had a crazy year. Yeah, monster 08, year. Oh seven, it looks like oh eight, and that's crazy. Oh eight, it was like him and VJ basically won like every tournament. His first win was the Memorial in ninety one, right? And then he and then like longevity. Like Seventeen yeah. years later, he's winning uh, Memorial again. He's winning John Deere that year. Um, so you know he's on the Ryder Cup that year. So. Mad respect for for my man KP. Also the transli- transition lenses. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, that, that's light. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Come on. The commercial with him and Trevor Ilmanman where they're grilling out. Yeah, and they're just, they're able to just seamlessly go right back inside. Uh, we need to dig up the old uh, Valspar preview we did on the website like back in 2015. That we have a link to the uh, YouTube of that commercial. It's the best. So Good stuff. Uh, Mr. Solomon, I'll pass it over to you. I I think you guys are gonna have a hard time <laughs> guessing this one. Um, it, this was the first name I thought of when we went to go do this experiment. He's a bit of an older guy, uh, maybe more known for the 70s. He's a four-time PGA Tour winner, uh, American guy. He's a member of the 1977 Ryder Cup team. Uh, 46 top 10 finishes in his career to go along with the four wins. 
Uh, but Wikipedia literally says that he's best known for his 1979 Masters performance. Do you remember what happened in the 1979 Masters? I saw your screen, so I'm okay. going to recuse myself. Okay. Um, he blew it, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> he won triumphantly. Is it, <laughs> but they is lost it, the tapes. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, Weisskopf. I'm thinking Tom Weisskopf. We watched this at DJ's birthday. Oh, at that's Cup. right. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, JC, JC Sneed. You got the last name right. Um, Ed, Ed Sneed. Ed Sneed. Ed Sneed. Ed Sneed. He goes into Sunday with a oh, five-shot lead at the Masters. There's literally no way he doesn't win this tournament. If you, this is the most excruciating <laughs> rewatch ever. I did it last night. It's also amazing. Some of the camera angles and stuff. I wonder how golf coverage has somehow gotten worse in the last forty years. But that's that's a side. That was the year. All, all the caddies are just lit. They're jumping all over the They're place when guys are making so putts. ecstatic. It's Craig awesome. Sadler is furious the entire time, <laughs> just waddling around. He's like blowing up, and he's just so. He makes a three footer and makes his caddy go get the ball out of the hole for him. He doesn't even get it himself. It's amazing rewatch. Um, so it goes into Sunday with a five-shot lead. He makes bogeys on the 4th, the 6th, and the 10th. Um, drops him back to 9-under. But he birdies the 13th and the 15th holes. He has a three-shot lead, three holes to play. Hits his approach on the 16th. Leaves it a little out to the right, but it stays up on that shelf. He hits his putt. And again, it's like 41 years ago, but you know exactly what that putt's going to do. It's the same exact putt. So it's so fun to go back and rewatch. Misses it low and left. And it kind of, which leaves him this left to righter coming back, and he misses it. Two shot lead, two to play. Third par three bogey of the day. Stripes two, it. Two shot lead, two to play. Surely he gets to do a playoff. Yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> Stripes it on 17, has 90 yards in. Uh, the, the wind is starting to whip, though, down, and his wedge rolls a bit long, and it stops just past, just over the green, not in a bad spot. He invokes the TC way and puts it. To three feet. All right. Like, we're good. How cool is that? We're Great. good here. Uh, Craig Stadler has stuffed a wedge in there to like three and a half feet. Like, gets up very calmly and just rolls the birdie in very quickly. And it's like, and then it goes to sneak and he takes forever <laughs> to hit this putt. And it doesn't even hit the hole, does it? Uh, it's, it's not in. <laughs> goes to the final hole with a one shot lead. Wind is coming off the left and just smooths a drive right in the middle of what the fairway. Would it be? Though if he bogeyed and Stadler birdied, Stadler's out of it. Stadler's oh, way okay. back. All right, so, so he's, he's just not, paired with got him. It. Yeah, uh, it's Tom Watson and uh, and Fuzzy Zeller that are in the okay. group ahead. And so he's got in the middle of the fairway. All you got to do hit the green, two putt, you win the Masters. Queefs it out to the right. It stops on the lip of the bunker. He chips it up Weave. to eight feet. You know, got to look eight footer. Win the Masters. Doesn't touch the hole. He loses in a playoff. They they this First so, hole. Playoff or uh, no? So they, they go to the t- so they go they're getting ready to go to the tenth and they cut to a shot of the tenth green, and they're mowing the tenth green. Shout out to Lynn Matisse. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, and he, he so they both they all par ten. He had a good look at birdie on ten, missed it, and then Fuzzy Zeller or so he he on eleven he hits it. He flags it his approach. He's posing and it goes long in the bunker. Hits a chip shot out of the bunker and lips it like it hits the lip. He almost holds the bunker shot to win, and then Fuzzy makes the birdie, and he loses the Masters. And basically, nothing Did happens. Question the about the Masters playoffs, because Randy said DeMarco and Tiger played the 18th. Did they switch? 
It used to go straight to 10, right? This was the first sudden death playoff in Masters history, actually. So they okay. went straight to 10. And, okay. and then eventually they changed to 18. I don't know when they switched to 18. I believe the Tiger DeMarco playoff was the first one to start say. on 18. Okay. Yeah, because all the Norman stuff I was watching, they're all, they go straight to 10. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of footage of, of Norman <laughs> Masters playoffs. <laughs> yeah, just looking, just thinking about he has one major top 10 the rest of his career. That was a T8 the next year's U.S. Open. And when you think about, I mean, obviously we know the Masters, how enormous it is, but it, it changes your whole life. Like it changes your marketability for the rest of your life. It defines you as a person. You get to go back there and do the champion's dinner and wear the green jacket and play in it forever. Um, just being able to like, and this sounds dumb, but just being able to do like speaking engagements. Just as ask, like Masters Mike champion. Weir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and so I, again, I highly recommend rewatching it again. He had three putts. On each of the last three holes, all you got all you got to do is make one of them, and you win the Masters. And he does not. It's just like the poster child for like watching somebody trying to steer at home under extreme, extreme pressure, and he does not succeed. The only thing I'll add, he's a uh, he's a Buckeye. <laughs> that's cool, man. How about that? So that's for you, John. Buckeye. <laughs> no, Big nut. that's for you, Big Nut. <laughs> all right, DJ, let's hear your uh, shitty examples. All right, sure. Uh, well, I took it in a different direction. Uh, I interpreted the assignment a little differently. No, Did so you interpret I, it as like as like kind of underachiever? I, I took it as uh, failed juniors. Okay, I, I, I took had it a, couple, a little bit like uh, that too. Um, I had Ty Tryon on my list. <laughs> But I didn't uh, go there. Nice. I didn't. I did. I left him off. But uh, can, we, can we talk about Ty Tryon for a sec? Because I don't please. think he applies here. Like he wasn't that good. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't bring him. Yeah. I, I had him it's as like a, a potential option. But yeah. I, did some I just research. wanted to get that. So I, I before I worked for the PJ Tour, I worked for Golf Week covering uh, junior golf. Uh, it was fascinating. I absolutely loved every second of it because I always pictured junior golf as like what I grew up playing, which was just like very rinky dink, shitty tournaments and just seeing the elite 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 junior golf uh up close was fascinating so i had a couple a couple people i wrote down on my short list and then reached out to a couple a couple players as well i'm like hey who's the guy from your generation that like never made it that absolutely should have and uh got some corroborations from players and so uh we're just gonna start with we're, we're gonna start with the goat of of failed recent recent semi-recent failed junior golfers uh, he was born in Las Vegas, grew up in Arizona, won 147 junior tournaments, including the 2006 U.S. Junior. Uh, Jim Flick, ever heard of him? Coach Jack Nicklaus uh, was so impressed he started working with him when he was when he was seven years old. He was for 65 weeks in a row. He was the number one junior in the country, one spot ahead of Mr. Richard Flower. He and Ricky were such good friends that they had verbally committed to both go to UCLA as a as a package deal. Okay, that more on that in a second. Uh, in 2002, when he was 14, he won his fourth straight Junior World Golf Championship, breaking Tiger Woods' record for most consecutive victories in the event. Here's a quote uh, from Mike Malaska, a golf uh, golf magazine top 100 teacher based in Scottsdale. You can toss out other names like Mickelson or Seve, but from 100 yards and in, Philip Francis was the best I've ever seen. We're talking, of course, about Philip Francis. <laughs> uh, a couple, a couple quotes. I've never heard of a him. couple quotes to set the table here on a podcast. This is uh, from an excellent uh, Josh Sens golf.com story. 
which I believe originally appeared in Golf Magazine. Uh, on a podcast last year, Rory McIlroy was asked about the most impressive players he faced in his youth. Quote, Philip Francis McIlroy said, I'm not sure what he's doing now, but I could not beat this kid. This was on the No Laying Up podcast. Was it? Yes. Oh. Is this, this I might have asked him that question. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, Josh? Did you ever read that Sid Finch article? No. In Sports Illustrated? Essentially, they that was, made up That this. was the Frank DeFord one, right? Yeah. yeah. This, the Philip Francis feels like Sid Finch. Really? Yeah. Um, you can throw like 137 miles an exactly. hour. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. I didn't realize. I, I just assumed it was behind the golf pass paywall. <laughs> uh, so let's let's keep moving here. Um, I assume it was. I don't remember the name he said, but we asked him like, who was somebody you remember yeah. growing up? And he's like, I could never beat the. And then somebody from that guy, one of that guy's buddies, got in touch. Like, dude, he heard that. He was so thrilled to hear his name. <laughs> well, uh, so he goes to UCLA. Ricky, of course. Does not go to UCLA. Just a quick sidebar, Randy, just because I know you'll want to hear this. Uh, they they had both committed to go to UCLA. Would have I mean think of how that would have changed Ricky's whole, literally like his whole persona. Would he be wearing blue? Right. Who knows? Rick, Ricky playing the buddy system. But Ricky had a change of heart, and at, two, at the 2006 USAM, Ricky came out for his first match wearing orange and sporting a Pistol Pete head cover. It's according to the late great Ron Balicki from uh, Golf Week. Rod Fowler, Ricky's father, explains uh, the change of heart to Golf.com in 2010, saying, quote, when news of them going to UCLA hit the press, I don't know how much press there really was, but <laughs> when, when the news of them going to UCLA hit the press, Ricky kind of felt like he got backseated to Philip. like Ricky was number two. <laughs> he didn't want to be number two. He felt, quote, quote, inside a quote, I need to be my own person. I don't want to be in Philip's shadow. That's why he pulled out. Went to Do you Oklahoma think T Boone Pickens? I was going to say, put the money some, in the bag. Yeah. The late T Boone Pickens. Who, who could possibly say? We're not here to speculate. Uh, so Philip, absolutely just diabolical inside of 100 yards. Uh, he goes plays a couple tour events, like kind of the the Spieth, you know, Spieth track, the promising young junior. Plays the John Deere Classic, I believe. Um, uh, misses misses the cuts, but you know, starting to get his feet under him. Goes to UCLA. Doesn't go well at UCLA, and part of it is because he, of course, parties. No, chases the length. Uh, oh, I was so going to say a, couldn't handle LA. A quote, I thought you were going right, like, to say chasing the tiger. Chasing, <laughs> I, I was going to say chasing the tail. Chasing <laughs> the ladies is where yeah. I thought you were going. No, it he wasn't was included in the Josh Sen story. Uh, actually, there was a Shipnuck story where he references like the women of UCLA like a hundred times. <laughs> So I would encourage people to go back into the SI vault to dig that up, but that's that's unfounded as, as of now. Uh, There's a, a quote from Philip: "I could get out there 280 or 290. I did pretty well with that, but it did start to bother me that some guys were knocking it 30 yards past me." Um, so as in 2007, as a freshman at UCLA, he made the conscious choice: like I really, I needed to I needed to get longer. And now I'm going. I'm just going to read a, a chunk from this Josh Sen story. Um, <clears throat> quote. Around that time, Francis parted ways with Jim Flick, who'd always preached the primacy of rhythm over power. A field player at his best, Francis started crunching the numbers and pumping iron. He strapped on a K-vest and studied 3D images of his action. He embraced buzzwords like coil and separation and enlisted with an acolyte of David Ledbetter, who encouraged him to strive for a greater differential between the turn of his shoulders and his hips. Francis's scores began to suffer. So did his lower back. The pain and tightness persisted after college. He transferred after his sophomore year to Arizona State. Uh, but Francis played through them. Then came qualifying school in 2012 at Dayton Valley Golf Club outside Reno. 
and a slash with a long iron that drove him to his knees. Quote, it was like an electric bolt shooting up my spine and into my neck, Francis says. The pain was so intense it knocked me to the ground. An MRI confirmed it tears in a disc between two vertebrae. After seven months of rehab, Francis went back at it, but a game that once came easy had long since being the same. And as of now, so he kind of stumbled around the mini tours a little bit, never really caught hold. And as of now, he is living in Chicago, out of competitive golf, earning a living as an analyst for a high-tech consulting firm. Wow. There you have it. <laughs> had no idea. Well, it's it's a kind of – I've never come across Philip Francis's name before, but I think we all probably have examples of guys that, you know, beat up our regional yeah. or high school golf circuit – and golf's funny because it's like some dudes peak too early. They peak, you know, as like an awesome junior, and they like lose, you know, like like Cougar, they lose the edge a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Or they chase the distance. And then other guys peak in college, and they, you know, it's kind of like the right peak at the right time. When did you When did you peak? <laughs> uh, I think I peaked in eighth grade. <laughs> I was putting up big numbers in basketball. That's amazing. But then everybody grew. I never have heard that name. There you go. Philip Francis was very, very, very good. He was like he was a couple of years older, yeah. and and I just remember my buddy Brett was first team All America in '04, and Philip Francis was one of the guys that he, he like we were just like Dude, this guy like we worshipped him. He's exactly he's the guy like when I obviously like when you get into a job like what I was doing at Golf Week like you don't know it's not like you come in with like a huge database of. Like, oh, well, I know everything about junior golf. That's why I'm doing this job. Like, you have to learn it all once you get the job. And that was the guy that was – I mean, he's talked about, like, Tiger back then. We are just like, oh, God, like, he's the guy. Like, he's struggling right now, but, like, he's the guy. Just, just like, just wait. And, that wasn't shitty at all, DJ. That was fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. That was the best one. You're the just other great. Mine sucks. <laughs> all right. Round two for the big guy. By the way, can we talk about – Ricky going to Oklahoma State of all places, like wanting to be the out. Like, no, you you joined another super team, man. He's like the Kevin Durant of college golf. That's actually that's a really good comp. Morgan Hoffman and Kevin Tway and all those. Yeah, yeah. Peter Uline. Peter Uline. Listen, guys, I've, I don't know if he was there with I've Kevin known Tway this for years. Welcome, welcome to my block. You guys want some lemonade? Come on inside. I got lemonade on the porch. Uh, well, my next guy, coincidentally, comes from the Oklahoma State uh, golf program. He, uh, four-time All-American. I think I know who it is. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Two-time second team, two-time first team. uh, Played on the 1987 Oklahoma State team that won the NCAA championship. Does he he got this elbow thing going on? He won the individual NCAA championship in 1987. Was runner-up for the Fred Haskins Award. Uh, but did not get through Q school, and so instead went to Japan. Won 12 times in Japan on the Japan tour. And then we come to the 1998 British Open, where he was the 36, 54, and 72-hole Brian Watts. Brian leader Watts. or co-leader, oh, Mr. Whoa. Brian Watts. Okay, it was not who I thought it was. And they, they must have mentioned... His Japan tour resume 150 times <laughs> on that broadcast. So here's a guy, um, does not have PGA Tour status, has never played on the PGA Tour, comes to uh, 
1998 British Open, as I said, uh, holds the 36-hole lead, holds the 54-hole lead, and then on uh, on Sunday, final round, he is one down to Mark O'Mara. Uh, Brian Watts makes maybe a 30, 35-foot birdie putt on 17 to tie the lead. O'Meara's playing uh, at least a group ahead. And so Watts is coming down 18, uh, birdie to win, part of getting a playoff. Hits it to a greenside bunker on 18. Uh, has a stance where one foot's out. He's kind of in the back of the bunker. His back foot is out of the bunker. Uh, really awkward, gnarly stance. Hits that bunker shot to about six inches. Taps in for par. He and Mark O'Mara head to a playoff, three-hole aggregate playoff at the British Open. This is Burkdale? Or is it? It's Burkdale. Yeah. Is it three holes? Sorry. Four holes. Four holes. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the first two playoff holes, Watts hits it inside O'Mara, misses both of his putts, and so leaves the, those first two playoff holes one down. Um and then just can't catch, doesn't really have a chance uh, on, on the final playoff hole um, to, to catch O'Mara. So misses his chance to win the British Open. By 2003, another guy with the help of injuries is more or less out of professional golf. Um, used that British Open runner-up. He gained PGA Tour status. Had a pretty good year in 1999, rose as high as 18 in the world golf ranking, but never won on the PGA Tour. Um, is a guy that, for me, the, the what-if guy, you know, is a guy that's completely lost to the sands of time. You know, if, if, he, if he wins that British Open, it's golf immortality, and as is 30 years from now, the name Brian Watts. It's going to be a lot like Ed Sneed. We were talking about at the uh, 1979 Masters. Oof. I remember seeing <laughs> either that replay was on or Sick something. Some Gloria. <laughs> something happened where I was like, Mar- I mean, who did O'Meara beat in 90? 90- Brian Watts? Like, <laughs> yeah. Who is that? Yeah, I've been through happy Gilmore. Like, wait, what? who is that guy? Um, that was well done. Thank you, Randy. Good stuff, Randy. <laughs> Namaste. You're welcome. <laughs> Mr. Ron? TC. Oh, there, there's a lot of different directions I could go here. Um, and I'm just hopefully got, only two. DJ, you got well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I'm I'm fine by the seat of my pants. I got a lot of different options. Um, you got me all shook now on all these junior players. I'm down Corey Witsits, you know, AJGA record. Please, please don't that. get ahead of my list. TC, please. play your game. No, <laughs> exactly. I know. I play your competition. Don't chase play, distance, yeah. man. Play I was thinking. Of, I was thinking about David Brown, the roofer. <laughs> from Musselboro thinking hey what if what if he didn't what if he didn't get pulled off the roof what if he didn't get pulled off the roof that's you know the what if thing really could have been a it goes both ways goes both ways that's why it's such a great yeah. topic start you can go anywhere Could, with that is that, is that your pick you can't just pee on like 30 guys yeah yeah you gotta, you no, gotta that's, pick no that's what I was gonna do um <laughs> no I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back to the 2005 John Deere Classic oh Course. This is pretty subjective. I don't remember what hole it was on. Uh, what I don't if the even, air horn doesn't go off? No, I don't <laughs> no, even remember like what what, uh, <laughs> what round it was. It was either round three or round four. Sean O'Hare ends up winning um, by he, at a score of minus 16. 
Um, this is going. Robert Dameron, Hank Keeney, both finished T two. Not going there either. They okay. were. They were. They Just were peeing on Hank, more guys. Hank Keeney would back. be good. Yeah. Hank Keeney was in, on my in list. In case any of you guys thought of these guys, yeah. I already thought of them. Who else? My man finishes thirteenth, tied for thirteenth, with among the likes of Craig Bowden, Jonathan Bird, Carlos Franco, Todd Hamilton, Matt Kuchar, Heath Slocum. I'm talking, of course, about. Esteban Toledo. Oh, okay. holy Toledo! <laughs> That's the what if. That is yeah. It. If that guy at one point during that somebody yells "Holy Toledo" <laughs> in his downswing, <laughs> and he like he like ropes one, either OB <laughs> or <laughs> a hazard, yeah. and loses all of his momentum, and ends up you know finishing finishing about five back. And I, I I've always thought he would have been the first. I think the first Mexican born tour winner. Uh, oh, it's just just a big what if. I've never I've never forgotten that moment. We were watching together. Yeah, and we were like, did someone just say holy? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was in tenth grade. I remember we were watching that. Oh, you were home for the summer. It was it was it was a what a moment. Gosh, the Carter boys share. That's a good one. Um, How about that? You can, for better or worse, folks. Be with great power comes great responsibility. You can impact someone's career yeah. forever. Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up a hopefully a unanimous one. Um, but it needs to be acknowledged. Three three wins, three PGA Tour wins. Listen, four, of, one listen out right of, now. of course. <laughs> uh, defeats Sergio 5-4 and four in the 2008 Ryder Cup let's of Valhalla. Just, let's get the rap war going. Just bludgeoning. <laughs> <laughs> Takes the American flag like a, con- like a conquering hero and runs it up the fairway and says, come on, follow me. Follow me to freedom. Finishes third at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Pre- <laughs> preach, preach. Do Fifth it at him. the Open Championship. How much how made eleven m- birdies at the, at the 09 Masters? That's right. In one round, uh, what did he, sh- did he shoot? Sixty five, I think. Mm-hmm. He made two doubles, I think. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, which is sick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> playoff record, zero and one <laughs> in PGA Tour uh, in professional tournaments. Who did he lose to in that playoff? No idea. The rib. Yeah. Oh, that's a Shanghai Masters in two thousand eleven. Oh, no. uh, of course, that. speaking of Anthony Kim, of course. Uh, what do you think Anthony Kim's career earnings are? Twelve million dollars. That was my exact my guess. Twelve point two million. Nice. Yeah, look that up. So he's on my list. Uh, <laughs> also interesting, you won the Wachovia Championship. Well, I would just throw this uh, this question out: How many career starts do you think you made on the PGA Tour? Eighty. Um. Yeah, God, that's a good guess. I'll go a little higher. Ninety-five. One twenty-two. Really? Yeah, I, more I than just, I thought. That's more than I. A lot more than I thought it would be. Right. Look, um, that's what like five he, full seasons. He won the Wachovia, season. now Wells Fargo. Shout out to the uh, financial crisis, RIP Wachovia. That was his uh, first win, right? That was his, uh, I don't know if it was his first win, but he was 16 under. I believe it's the first win who, of him, who could th- say. Max, Rory, and, beat, and Ricky. And who Derek Ernst. Uh, and Derek Ernst. <laughs> who did he, he beat a guy that's probably the opposite of the what if. The guy that's like, wins it. And it's like, how did that guy win a major? Todd Hamilton? Ben Curtis. Oh, sure. Shot 16 under the lowest four round total. Ben Curtis won more than people gave him credit. Ben Curtis was a dog. Four-time tour winner, I think. Oh, well, then I need to to do, you know. That wasn't against you. That was just everybody's shits on Ben Ben Curtis. He was was a better player than than history remembers. He, uh, that's the that's the tournament where AK was signing autographs and he gets a phone call from Tiger Woods. (laughs) T-Dub. T-Dub, what's up? Yeah, and... Uh, Handed the phone by Greg McLaughlin, now president of you know, the Anthony PGA Kim Champions. 
injuries. That's cool, man. Some say off the course shenanigans, never to be uh, never be seen again. So I know there's some bigger Anthony Kim experts at the table. Um, would would anybody care to add? Let, let me ask you do, this: Do you think he comes back? Do, no. no. Okay. I'm just well, his back is fucked. Spinal, ec- spinal column. Ecstasy does a lot of bad things to your structure of your body. For sure. Allegedly. Alleg- completely allegedly. It might be Mr. Serotonin. He borrowed, he borrowed, Mr. Serotonin, like man. During his career, he was borrowing a lot of happiness from tomorrow, which <laughs> seems to be way to put it. what, with serotonin levels and ecstasy, that seems to be, you know, you're basically draining the credit in the bank on your serotonin. Do you think he'll be... Your lending is cut off. More yes. remembered because of what could have been... Or uh, let me think of the way the phrase is. Like, had he just been healthy and played and played, uh, do you think he ends up approaching, like, the mythology that he's now That's a really good question. I think it's slightly overrated. Just because I think he did it with weird style, not even necessarily, like, desirable style, but just, like, that dude didn't give a fuck. Like, the belt buckles and all that just kind of added to this aura about him. He He was, like, obviously really good. He wasn't that good. I mean, he wasn't like. Seemed like he had a gear. It it felt like everybody, or or when I read about him now, it's like he had a gear that people didn't have. Kind of like the like oh the Rory's coming thing. Like oh my god, like he's just going low and and he he, he's like he was not scared to go low. I guess is a way to put it. He he, I think a comp might be like a Jim Morrison type. Yeah. Where after he's you know after he's dead. I know he's not dead, but after he's dead, everyone's kind of like oh my god that was that was so genius. What he was doing. Right. Yeah. But I think that if Jim Morrison's career had, had gone on, I don't know that it would have been quite. What's the, the quote uh, you always say that like he's a drunk? Well, that's not, that's from uh, Almost Famous. What, he what? was a uh, was it a drunk posing as a poet? Yeah. I think. Where's the guess who were poets? I don't know. I forget. We're <laughs> this is working drunks, from. which we're makes poets them poetic, as, as something drunks. like that. Yeah. So you're saying AK was a drunk posing as a golfer? You know, I don't know who who could say. It sounds was like he a thrower? Kind of was he a golfer? Together, like he's, yeah, he's, he's happy. taking care of his money. Yeah. He's uh, he's probably got a big ass check from Lloyd's of London. <laughs> yeah, it's so he the, had, I think he had insurance. To your question, I think that, that if his the career derailed, is, he yeah. had an insurance policy that if he could never play golf again, he gets. You know how much it is? I've heard thirty-five million dollars. Or I read that. That's that's the report. Something like that. Yeah. And it's it's not all at once, but it's yeah something like that. How about 2012, made ten starts, two cuts. I think that was the beginning. That was the end. Yeah, that was the end right there. So, poor we got us. We're working. We're, I promise we're still trying to get him. It's I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but we are. We have a line, and we're not sure if we're ever going to be able to 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 use it, but we're trying. Good stuff. It's all set. All right. Next up for me. This one shouldn't be that too too hard to get. Um, he won a major in uh, within the last ten years. Okay, major champion, won it at a very historic place. Um, but it's the true the true what ifs are if a couple balls bounce a different way in the last decade that we're talking about potentially someone having as many majors as Phil Mickelson, Seve, and Byron Nelson. He could have also won the same major at the same course. Uh, the only two people to do that at this course uh, in recent history are, are Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas. Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen. Mattress king. The winner of the 2010 Open Championship at St. Andrews. Uh, just a short two years later, he held the solo lead at Augusta National. 
uh, at the Masters with three holes to play and parred his last three holes. Uh, Bubba makes a birdie on the 16th hole to get into a playoff. Uh, and Bubba, uh, they, they tie the, uh, the opening hole of the playoff on the 18th. They go to 10. Bubba hits the shot off the pine straw. Louis Ussidison makes bogey. Bubba wins the Masters. I that was Ussidison. Yeah. Um, at the 2015 U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, uh, shout out, of course, to Gary Player, he's six shots back with seven holes to play. He birdies 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 18 <laughs> to tie the lead. Spieth birdies the last hole, and he misses out on a playoff by one shot. This good, is like, good morning, this was, David. <laughs> this was Fox like had totally lost track of him. They he, they lost track of the whole tournament. He shot God, 29. That was such a sweepstakes on that after, dude. 29 on the back <laughs> at the U.S. Open to, to almost get into a playoff. Wasn't he doing that thing where uh, – wasn't he like looking at the hole when he putted? He putted too, I believe, from like thirty feet. I think that's speed. No, thank you. But no, it, <laughs> Louis was doing had it too. One leg Look it up. Shorter than the other. Look it up. He was experimenting <laughs> with like some weird putting and like looking at the hole when he putted. He just made everything. It was crazy. The very next major start, back at St Andrews, twenty fifteen Open Championship, jo- has a chance to join Tiger and Nicholas as the only two players to go back to back at St Andrews in modern history. Shout to James Braid. Uh, gets into a playoff. With Zach Johnson and uh, Mark Leishman. Uh, After Zach Johnson pats, taps down his spike marks uh, repeatedly thank you, on thank the you. back nine. <laughs> People you. forget that. Many times on the back nine. <laughs> many, many times with a hammer. And he finishes second in the playoff uh, to miss out on winning another Open Championship. Oh, yeah. Fast forward two years later at uh, the 2017 PGA Championship, and Justin Thomas uh, wins that at 8-under. Finishing solo second uh, by two shots to Mr. Thomas was Louis Oosthuizen. Four incredibly close calls. The PGA wasn't that that close, but a couple balls bounce a different way. JT hits one in the water coming in. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen is a five-time major champion. It and feels like a couple balls that bounce for other players different ways, right? Like it's not sure. it's not like a, oh man, if he had only right. it's like, like he, he did everything he, he like could. Chill. Yeah, yeah. If Bubba like if Bubba's ball rolls up against a tree in those right. You know the right pine straw instead of a nice lie that only Bubba can hit that shot as a lefty that sure. uh, to to hook it that badly. Um, it just it is, it, but he just doesn't have the resume of, of other wins to back it up. It would be the weirdest career ever if he was like a five time major winner, <laughs> six time tour winner. Yeah, he's like the 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 he's like a, he's three Angel Cabrera's at one in one. If that happens, well, what's what what actually has, has he won any other tournaments? Yeah, no, he hasn't no, we looked this up. He has never he's never won another PJ. <laughs> That's tour. What, like Not PJ tour. Everybody gives him a pass, I think, because he's just like the nicest, most affable, likable guy. But he doesn't win fucking anything. Well, hold on, hold on. So my what if for him is like, what if he never discovered like farming and tractors? Exactly. That's the what if because I've heard like people you know like talk to his coach and you know I guess his coach is like yeah like if this guy gave like five percent of a shit he would be like the number one player in the world much less like 95 he might not even like golf has he has one European tour win the Africa Open I'm sorry that's that's not right that's his one playoff he has nine European tour wins um including the Africa Open back to back no did not go full of Mansky but his his only PGA Tour win is the Open Championship, and then his PGA Tour playoff record zero and two, losing at the Masters and the Open Championship. Wow, <clears throat> tough scene. And so, he does travel with his own mattress. And he he which won the awesome, which is my favorite. He won the twenty ten uh, Open by seven shots. We should note as well. 
Like he ran, he yeah. ran away. It was a deeply, bo- deeply boring tournament. Yes. So that's my second nomination. Good stuff. Uh, all right, back to the uh, back to the juniors. I, failed, failed on this one is is tough. He did have more professional success than uh, someone like Mr. Philip Francis, but he was a young man who grew up in Mobile, Alabama, uh, where he would play Mobile Country Club with his dad and his brother Ford. Great name. Uh, he won four consecutive Alabama boys state juniors, uh, including a, a historic one in 2010 when he shot 57 at Mobile Country Club with 12 birdies and eagle and five pars. Uh, according to the legend, he actually horseshoed on the last hole for 56. Shot a nine under 26 on the front. Um, so you're saying he choked on the back. And she, exactly. You're saying that. Uh, fun fact, actually, that day he was paired with future uh, tour players Michael Johnson and Trey Mullinax also. Any guesses? No, current PGA I thought you guys would, player. I thought you guys would know this one. Bobby He's Wyatt. Not, Bobby Wyatt is exactly right. Um, he goes on to Alabama, where I think he was roommates with Trey Mellonax, Actually, uh, when roll tied and, and roll they did, Randy. Uh, <laughs> he wins an SEC championship. He wins two team NCAA championships. Went six zero and one in his last seven NCAA championship matches. Let me let me hit you guys with a couple quotes. Uh, a lot of this info is from Brian Wacker uh, in a Golf World story. By the time he was 21, he was schmoozing with President George W. Bush during a practice round at the 2013 Walker Cup at National Golf Links. Parentheses, the Bushes are close family friends of the Wyatts. <laughs> now watch this drive. <laughs> now watch this drive. Uh, went to Alabama. He's a first-team All-American as a senior. He won the much ballet. This is a quote. Won the much ballet-hood Sonny, Am- Sonny Hanna Amateur, whose list of champions includes everyone from Ben Crenshaw to... Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Uh, took medalist honors in stroke play portion of the 2012 USAM, went unbeaten at the Walker Cup. A uh, quote from Justin Thomas. It was freakish how good he could hit the ball. When he would get going with his ball striking, it was unbelievable. Made the perfect noise, left those perfect dollar bill divots. Sometimes i just sit on the range and watch him hit perfect five-yard draws over and over and over. Uh, this is a quote from, from another tour player who I don't know if they knew I was quoting him, so we'll, we'll leave him anonymous. Uh, I kind of wish I knew more about what happened to him out of curiosity. You always hear things about guys like those guys like that. Jeffrey Kang lost his driver. Philip Francis tried to get longer, but Bobby was perfect. Perfect swing, perfect stroke. So he leaves Alabama. And actually, quick side note, I remember going up with Sean Martin to the the Jones Cup up in uh, Sea Island and watching. It's like this, you know, premier amateur golf tournament and Jimmy Johnson had just gotten done caddying for Steve Stricker. This must have been like 2014, 13, something like that. was kind of looking for like his next, you know, who his next bag was going to be. And he was caddying that week for Bobby White. Obviously chose a different member of the Alabama golf team. And financially, that was probably a very good decision because Bobby's pro career did not go quite as well as people would have thought. Uh, he did get his tour card, I believe, through the for the 2016-17 season uh, through the web.com tour. He finished... I think third or something at Zurich on a sponsor's exemption, locked up his card for or his web card for the next year, ended up getting his tour card and then missed thirteen of nineteen cuts in twenty seventeen. Not that I could find. But that was that was Witz that, that uh, Again, stop stop jumping ahead on my list. Uh, he uh, yeah, so a, a quote from this golf world story from Wacker, this is from twenty eighteen before uh, he would ultimately hang it up in professional golf. Missing a ton of cuts wears on you. 
he said, lamenting all those exasperating weeks on the road. I had a lot of self-doubt. If I was good enough or if I even wanted to be out there, it was crazy. Here I thought my whole life I would be a successful pro golfer. What is he doing now, you may ask? Uh, according to his LinkedIn, he has had two jobs. Uh, he lists his job as pro golfer for four years and seven months, and now he is a private wealth manager at Goldman Sachs. Oh, my gosh. I was just getting ready to feel sorry for him. So I don't, uh, you know. I Good for him. Landed failed, on his failed junior golfer is, is not necessarily, you know, he, he did make it to the PGA Tour, but uh, seeing someone like that, he's probably – you know, sub 30 still and has already just probably wows his clients with his hung game. it, hung it up and, uh, just, uh, managing money. Gosh. Do you think he got that job on merit <laughs> or maybe I'm on sh- family connection? I'm sure he's a massive, uh, that's me. I massive fan him while he's of down the markets. Right <laughs> I take him, I take him back. I'm sure he's making more money than he was as a professional. <laughs> yeah, it's more lucrative. For Did sure. you get your job on merit, Randy? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Anyways, I could say definitely not. That's that's Bobby Wyatt. How you can recover from that one, Randy? You're up. Oh, I mean, what is merit? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I said I I had I had one from each decade. So Demarco was the 2000s. Bobby Watts was or Brian Watts was the 1990. And so we're we're coming to the current decade. This gentleman entered 2019, ranked seventh in the world, on the heels of his first major championship at the 2018 British Open at Carnoustie. Wow. Where he won by two strokes. He carried that momentum into the PGA Championship in 2018, finished tied for sixth. Like I said, enters 2019, ranked seventh in the world, playing the best golf of his life. We get to the 2019 Masters. He's standing on the 12th tee with a two-shot lead. Quote, I was between an eight and a nine. He took the eight, but took too much off of it, pushed it ever so slightly. This this from Michael Bamberger's new book, uh, The Second Life of Tiger Woods. The wind was befuddling. It befuddled pretty much everybody going through 12 that Sunday. His ball hit the, the far bank, trickled back into the water, did not get the Fred Couples 1992 break that he needed made double on 12 let tiger back into it he and tiger are now tied for the lead going to 13 tiger hits a squirrely drive on 13 if you remember there's a real threat that he's lost it left his ball ends up safe he makes birdie the guy i'm talking about francesco molinari also makes birdie they par 14 So now we're tied on the 15th hole. Tiger hits two gorgeous shots into the middle of the green on 15. Molinari, after a squirrely drive, lays up uh, down the left-hand side. Hits a little pitch for his third shot that clips an overhanging limb, falls into the water. He makes double, and that's the end of it. You know what they call that? The rub of the green. Exactly. Francesco sleeps. So my what if if, uh, is, again, twofold. One... Obviously, Tiger, right? And if Molinari finds the green on 12, finishes the 2019 Masters, how will Tiger's legacy be remembered forever? Does he ever get the 15th major? Of course, you know, we we don't know. Um, 
But, but that's one important what if. The second, for Molinari specifically, a green jacket uh, certainly makes him a Hall of Famer. It's his second major title. Will he ever get another good look at a major championship? I said he entered uh, that Masters week of 2019, ranked seventh in the OWGR. He's now 28th, and something appears to be missing since then. Um, in 17 worldwide starts since that Masters, he has zero top tens. And um, it's conceivable at age 37 that he'll never rise to that level of play again. He's on. He could be on the downside. Of course, we'll see. Um, but you know, looking back, that that might be the difference between you know Molinari, the Hall of Famer, maybe Tiger with a completely different legacy in history. Um, maybe because of you know, if there was an extra blade of grass on the bank on twelve and the ball holds up. Or if there's not a tree limb that eclipses on 15, so that's my final what if. My, I like that one, but all I can picture with you saying that is a man running away from a grizzly bear, like tiger, just like you know, like just gaining on him, like that whole round. You're like, there's no way this guy isn't gonna get. He looked spent. He yeah, like what? I just felt like from the from like number six on, it was like, dude, there's no way. Was he grinding, making like yeah, every make, twelve getting, footer? Yeah, he was yeah. getting up and down from everywhere, and it's just like that. It yeah, is not sustainable. R.I.P. Yeah, I, that, that I like the interpretation of what if. Like it, it's like, oh yeah, Tiger won the Masters, but it's like at that point, I think Tiger had like a twelve percent chance, like per like the live tracking, he had about twelve percent chance of winning when they got to twelve. And then everybody, like the, those three guys, Kepka, Finau, and Molinari, all going in the water, it launched him up to like whatever the percentage was. But the, all, the chances of all of that happening, it's just part of history now. You don't really think about it, but it is an enormous, enormous what if. I think Kepka yeah. hit in the water on purpose. Yes, he did the right thing. He did the <laughs> in right order thing. to inject yeah. some life. Guys, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to do a little lightning round here. Okay. Before I, before I get to my third one. <laughs> Just gonna pee on a lot of guys. On everybody. Well, Here's know, the top fifty no earners. Like, put your schwanz away. Stop it. <laughs> DL three, just kind of a what if career. Can we call these honorable mentions? Then? Sure, sure. Okay. Bob Tway, like he was, he was a sure thing, can't miss guy, and you know, kind of missed. Um, Weisskopf, another kind of what if career. That's a big one. Um, Johnny Miller, what if he could putt? Mm. <laughs> um, Spencer Levine, what if things end up in Phoenix differently? You know that changes his life drastically. Amanda Blumenhurst. That's a good one. She was a can't miss. Yeah. Um, Ryan Moore, another guy who is probably what NCAA and USAM same year. And uh what was the other one? Bryson did the same thing. Oh, the Publinks, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Among others. Tiger, Phil and Jack as well. Hank Thank Keeney. You, Hank Keeney's a good one. Uh Monty, what if you know what if he he treats the galleries differently in his I know Monty was seriously that's kind of one. a layup. I was thinking I, I didn't do that one because I thought somebody else would. But I'm going a different direction. <laughs> this this player DC won. pump fake. <laughs> <laughs> He's going a different He's direction. developed his fadeaway. This one this this player won twenty one times in a three year stretch in the two thousands. On what tour? Oh, I think I know it. Lorena Ochoa? Yes. 
Uh, I, was, I was hoping. That's, yeah. that's a good one. She, uh, she won twice in 04, once in 05, and then six times in 06, eight times in 07, seven times in 08, three times in 09, plays six events in 2010, and retires. Just walk off. Walk off. At the age of 29. Why'd she retire? Spend time with family. Why'd she really retire? some kids, I think, right? You you tell me, Randy. (laughs) Well, I got to quote you because you're the only person I've heard this from. You say she was sick of all the cheating going on. You know what? I heard that too. (laughs) (laughs) What what kind of cheating? Like backstopping cheating or... All kinds of cheating, yeah. Neil. Cheating that would blow your mind. <laughs> Careful the questions you ask. No, Neil. like no, like conspiracy button. <laughs> I think that was a, that was part of it. There was there was some some nefarious stuff going on. But no, I think um, you know, I, I think she just got burned out too. It sounded like so. Um, yeah, just a what if she you know, uh, great family life at home in Mexico and um, kind of still somewhat involved with the game. But um, but yeah, just. Definite what if. I mean, you know, won 27 times in a span of five or six years. Um, didn't win quite as many majors as you would expect. Won um, the 2008, or the, the 08 Craft Nabisco, and then the 07 Women's British Open. Um, but otherwise, her, you know, it's just a sea of yellow on the Wikipedia page as far as top tens in those. Um, lost a couple playoffs in majors as well. But um, but yeah, I would say she was a she was a killer potential goat, yeah potential yeah. goat figure goat who just vibe. who just left. Which I I think, I mean, there's nothing better than walking off at the the peak of your powers. As Randy said, Tiger should never have made that last putt oh, at the Masters. He should have scooped it and just walked <laughs> off into the sunset. So I'm uh, I kind of interpreted now that I'm hearing how everybody else interpreted it. Uh, <laughs> I'm changing my changing my <laughs> no answer. no I'm not. It's the same pick, but it, it was more for me like. It's it's major what ifs, right? It's got to me. It's like guys that God, what a career! But if they have that major, the Hall of Fame, you know, what what does that make their career? What what are the comps then? Can we give a a real quick shout out to? Uh, it's now been a week since the Hall of Fame announced that Tiger was uh, was was getting moved in. How's how's that announcement been going? Can we just can we just say like nobody cares about the Hall of Fame in golf? Like I've never heard any fan say to each other like is he a Hall of Famer for the love what of do you golf? Think? Well, according to Omega, standing in the Hall of Fame is that thing we should all. That has it's actually a... been more than a week. They announced it on or like, sorry, two weeks, Friday, two weeks, two yeah, weeks. Thursday yeah. or Friday afternoon. I think it was Friday. As all the shit was hitting the fan. Yeah. Uh, so I I almost think it's I agree totally, but I think it's like a. Uh, it, it's something to add for like conversations like this. And that's yeah. pretty much it. Well, I mean, also like the, the announcement was totally, I don't know, sh- overshadowed by the Chainsmokers concert <laughs> for sure. Right? Well, how about they didn't even announce the rest of the class? They just announced Tiger. Maybe he is the class. He say he are the no, class. I think Fincham's in the class too. There's oh. a few others. Anyway, all right. Next topic. Um, this player has 12 PGA Tour wins spanning from 1996 to 2012. He is the he has thirteen top tens in majors. Um, his nickname, Mister September, for his success in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Wondering who created that nickname for him. Heath Slocum. No, <laughs> that's a great guess. Uh, comeback player of the year twenty two thousand six oh, sure. seven. Stricker. Stricker. Yeah. Steve Stricker. Got back to back. My what if? Player. My biggest what if here? Approaching Mansky levels. <laughs> is if he would have got you Mansky for comeback player of the year? Well, for sure. But uh, what if he doesn't lay up and shank a layup on number two at Marion 
in the that was I think 2013 tough, see, 14 uh 2014 13 2013 right 2013 um US Open and do I I want to pose this to the group do he and Justin Rose switch careers in a way where Rose has one major win and Stricker has more career wins but Rose has time to catch him on that um does he become I just think that vaults him into a completely different uh, category. Stricker for me has always had had issues with pressure. Like, <laughs> like he's the guy that like I don't trust it under the gun. Except at the John Deere Classic. Except well, at the John I was, yeah, was going to get there. The guy beat up the John Deere, three time winner, I believe, uh, of the John Deere. Yes, because I mean, I think winner. if I remember right, Stricker's major record is not very impressive. Thirteen top tens though, except the John Deere. Including, um, let's see, T5, back-to-back, T5 in 98, T5, or uh, solo fifth in 99 at the U.S. Open. Uh, Masters, T10, T6, T10 in 2001, T6 in 2009. Uh, U.S. Open again. I just feel like the U.S. Open was going to be where, you know, he's got a bunch of, he's got a T5, T5, fifth place solo, T6, T8 in the U.S. Open. Uh, 2013, he was T8. <laughs> Solid for just just for your reference, uh, he did Amansky, John Deere. Yes, he back did. Back to back to back. He did. 09, 10, and 11. But the fact that he didn't win three straight comeback player of the year awards is probably the biggest indictment of his career. I mean, which, how do you win the comeback exactly. player of the year two years in a row? He broke the award. They stopped giving it away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, but the longevity of the career is impressive. Uh, the, the fact re- that the kinda, rebuild. Yeah. Late bloomer. Um, yeah, twice in 96 and then but hit the I just wonder because I, I remember watching the 2013 US Open he was a favorite going in kind of people were like talking about him like oh man maybe Stricker will break through he was one one back and he was I think playing you know he had momentum and he just he shanked he completely shanked it out of bounds it and then it was good. just like that's it it's over like they just was he, very they basically deflating. dropped him from coverage from yeah. then on it was sick. Yeah. <laughs> was. I mean, a lot of people would say the what if of that is Mickelson, right? More so than, than Stricker. But I, I just compared to the actual winner, Justin Rose, I think it's almost a they flip flip careers in a way. We Justin, think about them Justin as the Rose other guy. Justin Rose has won 10 times on the PGA Tour. Stricker's won 12. 12. Rosie has the Euro Tour win, yeah. so um, I think— Stricker's I, got the PGA Tour champions win. Well, exactly. That's right. I, I think an important question, though, with, with Rose does, does Rose ever partner with Morgan Stanley? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe Stricker partners instead with Morgan Stanley. Maybe Stricker's does he, does he, bonobos. Does he leave American Family Insurance behind? Exactly. Maybe Stricker gets the Anma contract. You never know. True. So. Maybe Stricker becomes a, a the MBE. What does that stand for? What? What? <laughs> you didn't say anything. Some, uh, something British Empire. Like, oh, uh, MBE. Yeah, MBE. Uh, yeah, something British excellence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie's got. Do you think Rosie will be knighted? I think he already was. Right? Was he? No. He's not, no. He's not, no. He's not sure. Or sorry, what do you? No, sorry, sorry. Nick sorry. Faldo is. No, what? Did, what you're talking about though? It's like the condemnation, like the British condemnation. Thing. Neil, I think a better. I, I think a better comp might be Fred Couples for Stricker. For Stricker. Yeah. Okay. Because if if that ball doesn't hang up on twelve during the '92 Masters. Like that ball should have gone in the water. If that ball doesn't doesn't go in the water, Couples is essentially Ricky. Ricky 1.0, <laughs> and he he won uh, he won 15 times on tour. 
back when it was probably a little bit easier. Ricky to win ain't on never tour. getting to 15, by the way. <laughs> like, like I said, back when it was easier to win on tour. Can we lift that clip out and <laughs> save it for like 20 years from now? Posterity. Do you think um, Ricky's going to triple his career output? Uh, he's got five right now. Yeah. Ricky ain't winning 15 times in three lifetimes. <laughs> That's okay. a safe block to be on. All right. Um, I'm going to go. This one's, this one's going to be different from anything we've talked about to this point. Uh, you guys will get this one eventually. Um, so just chime in as soon as you get it. I'm going to go through a list of close calls for this, this player, okay? He finished second to Arnold Palmer at the 1960 U.S. Open as an amateur. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. He finished second to Arnie <laughs> at the 1964 Masters. He finished second at the 1964 PGA, second at the 1965 PGA, second at the 1967 Open Championship, second at the 1968 U.S. Open to Lee Trevino, second at the 68 Open Championship to Gary Player, second at the 71 Masters, second at the 71 U.S. Open. He lost in a playoff to Trevino. Second at the 72 Open Championship to Trevino yet again. He had won the Masters and the U.S. Open in that year. Second at the 1974 PGA Championship to Trevino again. Second at the 1976 Open Championship. Second at the 1977 Masters to Tom Watson. Second at the 77 Open to Tom Watson again. Duel in the Sun, final round 65. Second at the 79 Open to Seve. Second at the 1981 Masters to Tom Watson. Second to Tom Watson at the 1982 U.S. Open. Second to Hal Sutton at the 1983 PGA Championship. This guy stinks. <laughs> Can't close. Can't close. T- Tony Finau. If you lost track, that's <laughs> seven runner-ups in the Open, four in each of the other majors, another nine third-place finishes in majors, and 56 total uh, top five finishes in majors. For reference, uh, Tiger has 33 top fives in majors and seven runner-ups. Nicholas has 19 runner-ups. Jesus. Who was a sounds like I always thought Watson was the biggest, you know, I guess uh duel or you know Trevino. Nemesis Trevino. Trevino took him down. Wow. <laughs> Trevino, Trevino. Trevino ain't skater bears. Absolute dog. Complete dog. <laughs> and killer. Yeah. Um I know a lot of that is kind of just is reflective. Jack not a killer. Reflective <laughs> of the era in that he was just like you, you could play bad and finish T. He could play bad and finish T eight, and that can't happen anymore on, on on tour. But that many close calls, a lot of them are, uh, you know, a lot of them aren't super close. They're like kind of backdoory T twos and like not really threatening to win it. But gosh, to finish one sh- spot away from another nineteen majors, Whew. Jesus. Just to read them out loud, I I feel like nineteen second place finishes kind of gets glossed, but. If if seven of those go his way and he's a twenty five time major winner, <laughs> right. like what are we like? Tiger racing for Jack never re- is a real thing. Like no one was ever. I mean, he still probably won't catch him, but like he was never going to catch twenty five. Like it's it's wild. What of what what Chris is. DeMarco? <laughs> <laughs> a lot oh, of what oh, for Jack. Two close calls. <laughs> like what if Jack like was cool? <laughs> I had that. that. <laughs> What is it? Well, like, yeah, he would have been like, I don't know. Like, if, I don't know, Jack, like, what if Jack had the personality of, of say, Arnie or. He might not have won as much. Mm. Mm. Who knows? Who could possibly say? That's it. That's my, that's my list. All right. Well, I'm going to follow Jack Nicholas with uh, Corey Witsit. <laughs> um, I thought somebody was going to do Lynn Matisse. Is what I, I had know. Been, that, okay. well, that, that would have been a good one. He can be an honorable Just mention. super quickly, he made a quint on the 17th hole to give away the 1998 uh, players. 
Shot a final round 65 at the 03 Masters to get into a playoff, and then they rolled the 10th green before the playoff. He three-putts it. They didn't tell the players. They didn't tell he the players. juiced it like 15 feet past the hole and three-putted. Yeah, and Mike Weir won it. So he's got in a skiing accident, oh. blew out his knee, and his career is never the same. He's, he's got a very tough career. Yeah. Uh, As chronicled in the Golfer's Journal podcast that DJ Pye did. It was. Thank you very much. Uh, Corey Witzel, we'll move through this one very quick. Uh, 2007 U.S. Junior Champ at age 15 freakishly young uh he actually on the way to winning that 2007 uh u.s junior i believe he dispatched a young zach blair uh who who played with him i believe he beat him in like the round of 32 or something and zach said at at 15 he already had like a tour caddy caddying for him and was like such a pro already at, at that age um he won eight and seven in the finals correct uh, so he, it's a very similar story to Bobby Wyatt, just freakishly, freakishly good junior goes to Alabama, wins two national championships. Uh, and, but before he gets to Alabama has a, uh, a fracture in his back, stress fracture in his back. So he was able to piece it together while he's at Alabama, become one of the best players in the nation coach from uh, Jay Sewell or quote from Jay Sewell. Sorry. His coach Corey, before the back injury was the best player in the United States, even as a junior player. I assume he's talking about like he was the best college player even before he got to college. Uh, I truly believe now he's as good as he's ever been. He goes on to uh, mount a 7-2 and two record at the NCAA championships. Uh, as of 2018, that's the most wins of anybody uh, since it switched to match play. Uh, where was he seen last, you may ask? Uh, he was caddying for Justin Thomas at the Hero World Challenge. So another guy that he uh, just – Got to pro golf, I think. Uh, according to some some sources, it sounds like some the back injuries just kept coming back and back and back, and tried to change instructors, tried to change his swing, and just never could piece it back together. And so now he, uh, yeah, he was caddying. I, I thought I heard maybe he was caddying for Trey Mullinax as well on more of a regular basis, but I think still trying to maybe do some mini tours, but just not gonna. He was uh, not gonna work here anymore. He was a couple groups apart from us when I caddied for Zach at Nashville Golf Links of America. Yeah. And even from a distance, just kind of watching his swing on a, during a backup. Lefty. Uh, lefty, just long, languid, like really just a natural, natural talent. Yep. So that's that's a quick one. But TC, that brings up another what if. What if you had not gotten ZB a two-stroke penalty? Well, it's funny yeah. you ask. If I wouldn't have gotten him a two-stroke penalty, he would have finished, uh, I think, like 63rd instead of 64th, and he would have made another $600, which he docked the – six percent of that from my from my paycheck okay so that's a pretty clear-cut what if so those are those who are, could say <laughs> what would have happened who could say those are our 15 guys more like 20, 27 to 35 uh, <laughs> based on the names that were thrown out um, also i'd like to say v, if vj doesn't settle with the tour on the deer antler lawsuit could be some more guys that would be with tarnished records. We would no, we, we yeah, we would just have we would have they, PGA Tour would have had to open up their books. It would have been a fucking sweepstakes. So that's a that's a huge what if in my mind. <laughs> uh, the tour can't be a what if guy though. It's <laughs> yeah, a what yeah, if exactly. corporation or nonprofit. All right, maybe know. Tim Fincham's the what if guy then. TC's a big corporations are people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should have the same rights. Uh, so I think what we should do in order to whittle down to our top five is. I think we go around at the, I'm stealing loosely from uh, the big picture podcast and movie podcast, but uh, they'll basically go around and they'll, they'll say either 
thumbs up, thumbs down. This guy's on the on the short list. Okay. Develop the short list, and then you argue the short list from there. Does that okay. work? So, sure. Randy, you go around. We, I believe you start with Chris DeMarco. Yes. He goes on my I think short. He goes on, on my short list. Two thumbs up. I sure. like that one. TC. Um. It's not a choice. Who was your? Who was your? No, no, no. Who was your first guy? Jim you Thorpe said. was his. Yeah, Jim I'm not Thorpe. nominating any of my people. I'm going with Ustase. Hold on, your three were Thorpe. Well, we'll get to Ustase. Moreno, Ochoa, and Esteban Toledo. Okay, okay. so Thorpe uh, is a no. Then let's stick to the process here. <laughs> yeah, Thorpe's a no. Thorpe's a no. Okay, Neil. Uh, Kenny Perry. I'm uh, a yes for Kenny Perry. My first he, was Ed Snead. He, well, is Kenny oh. Perry on the short list? How do you guys not grasp what I'm I trying to do here? I don't understand what's going on here. We're, we're going to nominate someone. We're trying someone. to whittle. We're trying, yeah. to whittle. we're trying to whittle it down. Well, it's tough because if, if, if you're asking me of my three guys, you know, I don't well, think he is. Well, that's why we're asking is. the group. Is Kenny Perry on the short list or not? I don't think he is. I don't think he demonstrably. I don't think he is I don't either. think of all the guys. I think he had too much success to be a, to be a what-if guy. Okay, fair enough. Ed Snead. I, I don't think he is. I mean – from the grand scheme of golf, I think it's more of like a what if that for that one guy's life is more of the question than the scheme of golf. Sure. So I'd say no. Yeah, to Ed thumb, thumbs down. On thumbs Ed down Snead. on Ed Sneed. I was going to give Ed Sneed a thumbs up. I was going to give him a thumbs up too. Okay. Yeah. You I guys don't. Have, you guys don't have the votes. <laughs> yeah. Three to two, you lose. Philip Francis. I'm going to ride hard for Philip Francis. I think thumbs up. I didn't know anything about Philip sure. Francis, so I'll give him a thumb up. Randy. My second guy was Brian Watts. <sighs> That's a tough one. Thumbs down for me. Yeah, I'm going down. I'm going down. Sorry, Brian. See you, Randy. <laughs> I'll go up even just because I know I'm not going to win. <laughs> you don't have the vote. Uh, your second Esteban was Toledo. Esteban Toledo. I'm going to give that a thumbs down. I'm, I'm going to give, give it a it thumbs a up because <laughs> who, who knows? Mexican golf might take over. That's, no, you're right. That's well, a yeah, personal golf. thumbs up because of the, the being there to see that live. Okay, well, two thumbs up. So all your time <laughs> Okay. Uh, yours, Louis? Mine was Louis. I'm going to give Louis a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Louis goes uh, way up. Yes. Yeah. What was Neil's second round? Anthony Kim. Anthony Kim. Oh, he's thumbs up. decidedly a thumbs the up. The biggest up. Uh, I had Bobby Wyatt. I'm going to go thumbs down on that one. I'm going to go down. I'm going thumbs up. Thanks. It sounded like he was a complete yeah. menace. I'll, Based I'll on the quote from JT, up. I think that's a thumbs up for me. I'm going thumbs down just because I think Witsit is, is my thumbs up there. I'm with you. Uh, Randy, your last guy. Uh, Frankie Molinari. Yes, I think it's too too early to say. Too, too early to say. Yeah, so I got to go thumbs down. But it's, it's a, good, it was it's a, a good very nomination. fluid situation still. I, I think it's more of a what if for Tiger than it was a, a Molinari if. So I'm going to go thumbs down. Yeah, you framed it improperly. No, he framed it great. Oh, I didn't. By the way, he framed it great. How did nobody go with back, what if Tiger didn't go in the fucking kill house? That's a good point. Blow up. I, I thought somebody was going to do Tiger. Yeah. I really. I. I that was a. That's uh, too easy. Yeah, that's kind of why no one did Monty. Like yeah. Monty should be on this list. One hundred percent. I thought about what if Tiger didn't hit the flagstick in thirteen. Oof. Literally an inch, and yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, what if they DQ'd his ass? Lorena Ochoa, I believe, was next. I'm gonna go thumbs up on Lorena. Sure. Thumbs up for sure. Thumbs on up. Ochoa. Neil, uh, Steve Stricker, thumbs down. Thumbs down for thumbs me down. too. Because he's. I mean, I no, think good, he, he's. Yeah, story good similar career. to Ken, similar to Kenny Perry. Yeah, too much I, too much other success. I think the close call for Kenny Perry at the Masters though is such a like what if thing for me spe- that specific event. Stricker's shank at Marion isn't as yeah you know culturally relevant. It's not as visceral. Yeah, uh, mine was Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas, I'm gonna I'm gonna give thumbs up. Thumbs there. down. Thumbs down. Randy. Oh God. What do you? Uh, I'm thumbs up. I mean. 
What could have been? Well, as the criteria that we're using, I would say thumbs down because he's not a what-if guy. Does that make sense? He's like, how much more guy? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, he's listen, he's off the list then. It probably demonstrably changes things for Tiger more than Jack, right? Possibly. Uh, Randy, your last guy? Oh, we already did yours. Your last oh, guy. Oh, I'm last guy. Uh, Corey Witsit. I didn't do a real good sales job, but I'm still going to go thumbs up. thumbs up on Corey Witsit. I'm going down because I went up on Wyatt. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm down just because Francis, I think, is the guy for kind of the, this, your mold of guy. You need to switch your vote, Randy. You need to go thumbs down on Wyatt, thumbs up on Witsit. I Why? thought Wyatt was more compelling. Yeah, I did too. Based, uh, and maybe it was the presentation of the case because yeah. he gave some quote. Some All right, I'm switching my vote to thumbs up on Wyatt. So yeah. Now, yeah. Now we have six on the short list. So we, need to, <laughs> we need to figure out who we're cutting. Okay. For the six R. The six R, Bobby Wyatt, Chris DeMarco, Philip Francis, Louis Hazen, Anthony Kim, Lorena Ochoa. We just got to cut one from that list? We need to cut one from that list. I'm cutting Bobby Wyatt. I'm cutting Wyatt. I'm cutting Wyatt as well. <laughs> I'm cutting Anthony Kim. <laughs> I think DeMarco is the most fascinating. Yeah, DeMarco is a great opener. So I, that's our five. Our five what if guys and one one lady. I would, cut, I would cut Louie from that list for the record. Why? How come? Well, I think he I, – I think for – I, he's a major champion. I think everybody recognizes him as a great player. Um, I mean, I understand the case, but from that list, I, I think he's the guy that he's not a what if like like the others. Hmm. I, I think he belongs on the list. I thought Tommy too. I think he could be a historically, historically yeah. like but, but by putting it in context play. of if he had if he had won at least like two of those, he's in a completely different class of player. And the fact that he played really well in all of those instances, it wasn't a... No collapses. No collapses is also, I think, a fascinating part of our list. He might be the only example of that. Randy, I'll put it to you this way. <laughs> and I want to give a, I want to give a hat tip to our friends over, over the shotgun start because this is firmly in their lane. But if, if Louis wins a handful of those majors, he has the inside track to win a FedEx Cup. With a UPS logo on his shirt, that, I, I, do you know how historically like significant that, that would have been? Yeah. Lee no, West, you like could that. make a case Lee Westwood could be on this list too, but yeah, definitely. Uh, right. Folks, that's so. Who got do, ejected? Do feel, Bobby? Do we feel? Yeah, you gave him a stay of execution just to just to kill him the next day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Just to show that I tried to do my part <laughs> to, to keep him alive. So, de- designed by committee, our top five what if people of all time. Chris DeMarco, Philip Francis, Louis Ustazen, Anthony Kim, Lorena Ochoa. I feel really good about that list. That's a good list. I feel good. I feel like I, the system I, works. I would, I would struggle to call it top five of all time, but like the context, the five top interesting five of, what if guys. Of our time. It's, it's very biased NLU towards t- our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It's an NLU top five. Yeah. So I feel, well, that was fun. Yeah, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, and I think, well, but it's worth noting that, you know, people are going to reach out. What about Monty? Right, or what about you could add a million some, people? To some this obvious list. ones. I, I would encourage all those people Norman, on right? their on their podcast to do it. What about young? I would what about young Tom Morris? <laughs> send it to sure. oh yeah. I would send one. all your complaints to at ng shoe nlu yeah. on on Twitter. He'll happily take them yeah. case by case. <laughs> he loves the he loves the uh, engagement. Yeah. He loves getting his engagement numbers up. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a I'll host a mailbag. You find yeah finding these slant. <laughs> You're on with the czar. 
what's burning. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it at that. Thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in, and uh, you will hear from us again here shortly. Cheers. Back on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect any.